Welcome to Taking Chances, the podcast that brings together young professionals to discuss the highs and lows of entrepreneurship, finances, relationships, and networking. Whether you're just starting out or looking to take your career to the next level, Taking Chances can take you further and help you avoid the mistakes we've made on our journey to success. Let's take chances. All right, guys. Welcome to the Taking Chances podcast. Today, we've got Mr. Rideoff himself, Theo Kagabo. Welcome, Excellent. Theo. How are you doing today? Excellent, bro. Excellent. Thank you so much, Blake. It's an honor to be on this platform, and I'm definitely looking forward towards our conversation. So tap in to learn some game. Perfect. Well, before we get that, let's go ahead and get a little comfortable. Are you a fan of Makers? Indeed. I'm down. Cool. Is that your drink of preference? Uh, I like whiskeys sometimes. Okay. Sometimes. Just depends. Can't go wrong with it. I like whiskey. I like tequila. Ooh, easy. Here, after you. Thank you, bro. Keep it light for you. Yes, sir. All right, Theo. So first things first, I know that in your journey, you actually aren't originally born here in America. So where are you from and what got you over here? What made you want to come here? Well, believe it or not, I'm actually born in Belgium. A lot of people don't know that. Wow. I didn't. Yeah. So I'm born in Belgium, but I was raised in Canada. Um, My first language is actually French. It's not even English. So... um, and then from there, I was in Canada till about 18 years old. And then I went to the U.S. to go play basketball out in uh, the Riverside area. Okay. And then... Not a bad place to land, huh? Yeah, not bad, not bad, you know. It's, it was a, a great time. And then uh, from there, I found my way, you know, to Texas and then D.C., kind of like a little bit around the U.S. And then uh, once I finished school, I, you know, ultimately found my way back to Los Angeles. Right on, right on. Quite the journey. Out of those few places, where did you enjoy the most? L.A. Los Angeles. By far, yeah. (laughs) By far. Right on. And so, you know, curious to know, we all have that, like, time in our life where we kind of start to realize we're an entrepreneur. Like, at what age did you realize, like, hey, maybe I want to work for myself? You know what's crazy, bro? Um, I've always told myself I would run my own business. Um... I think what it comes from is, uh, you familiar with the soap opera, you Young and the Restless? I've never heard of it. Or never heard of Beautiful? It. No. no. I, don't, I don't actually watch TV a whole lot, as crazy as that sounds. Hey, man, like, growing up, like, my mom would watch that a lot. And so, you know, I'm just over here watching TV, and it's just like, you just see, like, these business people, like, running stuff. And so I would always just, like, you know, be that kid, you know, when they make me throw on a suit, practice, like, oh, you're fired. Oh, we had a big deal today, this and that, things like that. And so over the course of time, you know, um, you know, when I was a kid, I'm going to be a business owner and things like that, probably sure. in my 30s. But this is the crazy part, bro. When I was young, like 16, trying to get my first job, nobody would hire me. That's crazy. Nobody, bro. I applied to like McDonald's 10 different times. The same one, bro. <laughs> That's wild. So even with 10, 10 opportunities or 10 chances, they still didn't give you the opportunity? Yes, bro. And I was going there every day for lunch. Wow. When I went there for my order, like, I didn't have to tell them my order. They already knew what I was supposed to order. I say, oh, the regular? Yep. Boom. Get this for Theo. But they, yeah. they'll take my money, but they won't hire me. 
<laughs> they didn't want to give it back though. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and so um, what I ended up doing was uh, when snapbacks were hot back then, I would buy them in, in bulk and then I would sell them around all over the city. Wow, okay. And so I would do that. I'd sell sneakers. I'd sell anything I can get my hands on. Sure. And so that was my Supply way. Supply and demand. Exactly, bro. And so that was my way of generating income, you know, uh, from, yeah, from like a, for a very long time. Wow. And so that just kind of transitioned into like, you know, me ultimately running my own shop. 100%. So I love that and I actually can relate. Believe it or not, I sold candy bars uh, in school. It was roughly around seventh, eighth grade. I realized that, you know, at Costco or grocery outlet, I could buy candy bars three for a dollar, sell them for a dollar each. So Come on. Uh, I, I can relate with you. And then once you start getting the taste of being able to make money on your own terms, it's a little hard to turn back, right? So Absolutely. Um, and so, you know, that actually kind of leads me to one of the other questions I wanted to ask you. But, you know, I know you went to school. Uh, what school did you attend? Uh, I went to a couple different schools. Okay. I went to La Chere University, but I really finished at Washington Venice University. Okay. They're Christian schools out in Riverside and in uh, the DMV area, DC. Right on. So I, that's where I finished. And so do you have any, like, are you slightly religious or is I'm, that something that affected your decision making in school picking? So I'm a big believer in God. Sure. So, Amen. Um, you know, without God, I honestly wouldn't have anything. I wouldn't be here. Um, you know, totally agree. Thank God, God first and you never fail, right? Yes, 100%. Amen. Big believer in that. But, uh, I mean, the main, the main reason why I went to these Christian schools is because um, my dad was a, little, was a little concerned about where I'd enter university because he didn't want me to go to a big school. Um, he said, Get lost oh. in, the, in the noise. Exactly. And he also intended, like, a, a Christian. He went through the, the Christian pathway for uh, school and stuff like that. So he right wanted on. me to experience that. That's cool. And so he really kind of enforced that. He said, you know, I, I, I could have gone to Maryland. I could have gone to, like, all these other big schools. But he wasn't having. He's like, nope, you're going to this school, and that was that, you know. And uh, my sisters got lucky. They went to these big other schools like Johns Hopkins, George Washington University, and I. Oh wow! I'm the one that went to the Christian school, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm very thankful for it. Honestly, it uh, definitely helped shape uh, who I am today. Well, your character is wonderful, so you know, seems like it put you in the right direction. And so, you know, kind of pushing it back to the entrepreneurial spirit or point of things, I'm curious to know, like, you know. Traditionally, most people, they get out of school and the first thing they do is they go work for somebody else. What ultimately pushed you to, you know, be a, uh, an accountant or a tax consultant right from the gate? It seems as if, you know, based on your age, you've started at a younger age. Right. So, believe it or not, man, I was always kind of... Uh, I, I didn't like I, when I went out of school. I didn't just start working for myself. Sure. Um, you know, I was always just like you know one of those guys who always had two or three jobs. Ah, I can relate. Yeah, and so I could never like all be money satisfied. in. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> I can't live off of you know one or two checks a month. You know, I always need to have more than that. And so, um, when I was in Canada after I finished school, I was uh, working for this big insurance company, Chubb. Is it Chubb Insured? And so I was one of their. Uh, accounting specialists but dude honestly i couldn't stand the snow bro i couldn't stand it <laughs> bro i could not stand the blizzards and all that kind of stuff and so i said enough is enough bought a one way and left wow epic yeah it just came out to la no interviews nothing uh and so i ended up finding myself in a position where i was consulting for uh this guy who was running a consulting company so i was one of his contractors his 1099s and so um, I was working over there, making you know pretty good money at the time, 
And then another opportunity had came where I could work for this larger company that's known, you know, uh, in the financial district in downtown. So I was like, you know what? I'll probably get the experience there. Sure. Probably work the corporate ladder, <clears throat> whatever the case may be. Just kind of build your resume, right? Sure. Um, and so I told him, hey, look. Uh, and what age? What age was this? What time? What time frame are we looking at? This here? is 24. Okay. He's okay. about 24 years old. So yeah, I've been independent contractor since, or, or you know, entrepreneur since like 23. Okay. And so when that opportunity came, uh, I flipped the script on my boss. <laughs> Let's go. Right. Come on. Give me some. <laughs> that part. And so I told him this. I'm like, hey, look, I have this big opportunity to go work for this particular company. Sure. Um, what can you do? And mind you, I was a very pivotal piece to his organize, like to, to yeah, you had value. Yeah, yeah. You were a, you were a pillar. Absolutely. If you will. If I, if I left, like the client that I was helping manage was just going to go turmoil. It's going to mm. be all bad. Sure. And so <clears throat> I told him this, man, he's like, he's like, you know, I can master pay this and that. And I said, well, the problem isn't really the pay, like, you know, what about the experience I'm going to get from there? You know what I mean? It's a bigger company. It's well-known, X, Y, and Z. I'll tell him, I'm willing to stay under one condition if you teach me how to run my own company. And then... Let's go. So I forced him to teach me how to run my own, uh, my own show. And so I opened up my business, Kagabo Consulting, Accounting and Tax Professionals. And then he started paying the company. And then he just kind of showed me the ropes a little bit here and there. And so and instead then, of going 1099, now it was going directly to your your LLC. Exactly. Let's so, go. And that's the craziest change, right? Yep. When you start basically being able to take advantage of business uh, business credit and things of that nature. And so, no, that's awesome. Um, and you know, it's crazy. I can relate. There was a point in my career where I had to tell my mentor at the time, like, hey. I'm looking to learn this particular skill set. Like if you're not willing to teach me it, I'm going to find someone who's going to do that immediately. Right. Absolutely. And uh, within two weeks of saying that, they said, please fly out. We want to keep you around. So, um, you know, with that, as entrepreneurs, I find especially successful ones, you know, we start to want to, um, you know, the common phrase like, you know, most millionaires have seven streams of income. Well, I think me and you have figured out that typically it takes getting one stream of income to make that first million and then you start to diversify. So I guess where I'm curious to know for you is like, how do you decide on which ideas are worth pursuing and which ones you should veer away from? That's a great question. And there's actually an easier way to create all those income streams without actually going away from your craft. Right. So let me give you an example. Most people think my company only does taxes. There's no way. Taxes, like, you know, most tax accounts, they run up a bag for the first four months and then they're on vacation for the rest of the year. And so it's like you're, I mean, you're going to live off of eight months off of, you know, money you made in four months. Like, you're going to be broke again come January. Yep. And then it's time to work your tail off again. Right? Exactly. So it's, it's, it's a rat the race. It's, it's a rat race. Sure. And so just to kind of avoid that, I'm like, how can I find myself in a position where I'm always busy? And so we have different quote unquote streams of income, which is offering different services. Let's go. Right. And so we do everything from like entity formation. Uh, that's one. Bookkeeping. That's another. Payroll. Tax returns. Tax planning. And so you're looking at five <clears throat> different streams of income. Right. And then it's like, it's like, OK, great. Um, you know, all those all those streams of income, they have their hot and cold seasons. Sure. The lines of business. Yeah, exactly. But 
I'm never really stressed about, oh, am I, is business going well? Is it going, you know, is it not doing well? Because, you know, January to, to April, taxes are killing. You've got your seasons in which sport you're playing, essentially. Exactly. Right? So there's never really an off season. There's always time to eat. And so I find myself in a Love position that. where, you know, I'm bi- I've built teams within every uh, stream of income. Sure. That way, you know, I find, I'm able to be right here hanging out with you while business is still being conducted. Let's go. Right? And so that's, that's what it is when it comes to business. So it's like, if you take a look at it, like, for example, when you go uh, buy some clothes, are they only selling T-shirts? Of course not. Yeah, there needs to be multiple things being offered. And so we can relate, you know, at Pure Materials, we went from a space of only offering ADUs to now looking to start opening up into kitchen and bathroom remodels. This way we have the opportunity to offer that low ticket item with higher volume while also still having the opportunity to offer that high ticket high ticket item that has lower volume, right? Yeah. So You might even be able to do like something like roofing. That's true. That's very right? true. And so it's just because like the your field is just there's so much you could do with it you just can't focus on one thing you know that's the problem i think with real estate agents they just want to sell houses well <laughs> well what if people aren't buying are you finding yourself in a position where you're maybe managing people's properties yeah property management right. possibly doing what we do right helping them construct something on exactly. their property because it's solar. all yeah yeah like, you gotta think outside the box. You can't just. Focus In fact, on I don't that. know if you know that about us, but that's actually how we started our career was through solar sales. Yeah. So yeah, I'm like door to door. I'm like, I don't know if you've seen these knuckles, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know, another question that we always like to ask, uh, you know, fellow entrepreneurs, but you know, during your journey, you know, obviously there's some big challenges that you were more than likely faced as an entrepreneur. I know that, you know, we go through peaks and valleys, right, as entrepreneurs. So what are some of the bigger challenges that you faced in your business and how have you overcome those? Um, if, uh, if I'm being honest, the biggest challenge was probably an emotional aspect of Sure. It. Learning how to center yourself through the highs and the lows, correct? Yeah, because there, there's something that um, I think entrepreneurs miscalculate, which sure. is the cost of success, the cost of the dream. Ah, I see. Right? And it's definitely more than just cash. It's more than just monetary. Right. I mean, money is one thing, but I mean, when we think about being an entrepreneur, we just think, grind, okay, I'm going to lose sleep. I'm willing to lose, uh, you know, social life. I'm time to with do, the family. Time with the family. Like, yeah. I'm willing to sleep on the floor, you know, I'm willing to sleep, surf on people's couches. But it's, it's like, it gets to a point where I think the biggest cost for me is probably relationships, mm. right? Um, relationships that I've had where I'm like, man, those are some of my best friends. Um, I have to spend less time with them. Sure. I'm not saying that I'm walking away from them, but I can't allocate as much time as I'd love to. So can I share something with you that we were actually able to hear from Tom Brady at the uh, 10X Growth Conference is that he actually mentioned that, you know, that's one of the prices that you have to pay for success and that you should never feel bad about, you know, continuing your growth because the reality of it is, is that if people are not willing to grow with you or cannot fit within that vision, that there can't be any hard feelings about continuing to get out of space, right? An astronaut? Yeah. doesn't feel bad when they leave their family behind to get to the moon, right? There's yeah. still a mission at task, right? And yeah. so if your family or whomever that is is truly backing you, they will be more excited to watch you get to the moon than they will be saying, no, you need to sit right here with me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's, that's very true. So um, 
with that, is there any other specific challenges that you've maybe faced that you? Uh, I'd say no. I mean, the reason why I say no is because sure. I'm, uh, I feel like I front loaded a lot of the mistakes. Nice. That's with, really cool. And I experienced those mistakes while I was an employee. So, because when I was an employee, I, I mean, I was kind of working like an entrepreneur. You know, you're working like three jobs. Entrepreneur. Yeah. You, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's like, all right, great. So I'll give you an example. When I was in Canada, I was literally working in two different cities. Oh, wow. That's got to be very, very, like, um, strenuous. Right. So from Monday to Friday, I'm working in Toronto. And then I get off at about 3 o'clock. And then I'm catching a ride at about 4.35 to get dropped off to the main capital city, which is Ottawa. Okay. Ottawa, in reference to San Jose, is like L.A., a five, six-hour drive. Ah... Uh... And so I'm getting dropped wow. off there. So you're doing a five-hour commute to get to this next opportunity. To get to this next opportunity wow. to work 10.30 p.m. I got to get a 10.30 p.m. shift or 11 p.m. shift all the way to maybe 6 in the morning, sometimes even 1.30 in the afternoon. Wow. And then maybe I take like a little nap or, you know, for a couple hours. And then I got another shift maybe from, uh, I think it was like, was it like maybe 6 p.m. all the way to 6 in the morning. So it's just like, and then after that, you know, I gotta get home, say what's up to mom, grab some food, get my get take my take myself back to Toronto, a five six hour drive, and so all the mistakes that come into there, like time management, communication, finding shifts, make making sure I'm healthy so I don't get sick, and you know I'd work like that for three four months. I, the only time I ever took a day off was because there were no shifts available. Wow. So I said, all right, cool. Like, I guess I got the weekend to myself. And it happened to be my birthday. So I said, I guess I'm going out. <laughs> right? Right on. Got to respect the grind. I know that, you know, for myself, as we were coming up as well, um, you know, I had to do three jobs uh, at first when we started our entrepreneurial journey. And, you know, I was working at my best friend's sandwich shop. I then was working at a restaurant. And then I was trying to do solar sales. And uh, I think the craziest thing is that moment in your entrepreneurial journey when you recognize, like, wow, I think I just made more money than I ever would have if I would have been at work, right? Yeah. And so uh, I originally was working at, um, you know, a tech company doing hardware and software sales. And uh, what ended up happening is I got fired. It was about 65K plus commission uh, as far as my salary went. So nothing crazy, but definitely enough to kind of, you know, have a decent car, live a decent life. And uh, it was just incredible because two months in, I didn't make any sales in solar. And then next thing you know, the second month in, I made a sale worth 7,000. I did the math, I had made 13,500 13, bucks in that two month time span. And I scratched my head thinking, did I just make more money than I would have if I had the corporate job? Come on. Yeah, and so, I mean, the rest has been history. So um, with that kind of shifting gears here, um, you know, how do you typically like manage risk as an entrepreneur and like what steps are you taking to like mitigate that okay that's a great great question and so because you know we're out here as an entrepreneur you're essentially outside naked until you can kill enough stuff to wear something right exactly exactly and so uh a little bit of background about myself is my father's a mathematician oh that's super cool and uh he's uh and my mother's also an accountant and so naturally i learned how to count before i learned how to read Wow, that's incredible. Right. And so because of that, um, there's a lot of like, we look at something called game theory, where it's like when we take ourselves, game theory is more so like 
take yourself out the picture and you just gotta have to see like where the chips are falling. That means you're looking at yourself from a third perspective. Sure. And then it's like, okay, if I do this, what are the pros? Okay, the pros, the best case scenario, I, I, I win everything. <laughs> everything goes my way, great. Worst case scenario, what does that look like? Can I afford that loss? Yep, 100%. Right? And so if, and when I take out losses, I say, okay, great, like if I'm gonna lose, for example, like 20 grand off this potential play, um, how long is it gonna take me to recoup that? And so now when I take a look at like, uh, like you know, risk, it's like, it's more so, how many days is it gonna take me to profit that again? It's a, it's, we, we look at percentages instead of like large numbers. Sure. You know, and so that's kind of how it is. And so because I've been very fortunate, like I mentioned earlier, um, I kind of made my old boss kind of like my mentor. Yeah. I never had to force myself to go get new business. I, so that means, because it's paying me enough to cover all my bills, uh, pay my taxes, and just my, my, my lifestyle. And so I just made sure like, okay, great. When I acquire this new client, are they a good fit? Am I able to serve them the way that I would see fit for what my camp, what my company stands? What I yeah, what I want the same service that I'm providing essentially. Exactly, exactly. Because your reputation is everything, bro. Sure. Your reputation is everything. That's some, that's something money cannot buy. And so, when it comes to that kind of stuff, that's why you know I was very late to to buy my first car. Um, I was walking until, I think the second year or third year into my business. And it wasn't until like I was probably making about like 20 grand consistently every month. I was like, okay, I could afford a car now. That's awesome. And even when the car came and I was like, I got to make sure like the note is like, if, I f if the company go dies, you know what I mean? Can I handle this note still? Can yeah. I still eat it? Because the answer is no, I can't, I can't take it. You sure. know, I'm not willing to stomach that because I just see cars that like liabilities. Yep. So everything is just like really, really calculated. And for those um, of you that are young and watching, the car is absolutely a liability unless it becomes a marketing, a source of marketing. Right. Or if you, you know, put it on Tarot, it's bringing you money. Like if, if it's just costing you bills, then don't do it. Yep. You know, it's nice to have, but do you need it? And so 100%. that's kind of what it is. So with that, another question is that we're curious to know how do you stay motivated and focus on your goals as an entrepreneur, especially as you are dealing with tough times? Because as we mentioned, right, you go through your highs, you go through your lows. How do you, how do you stay level-headed? That's a great question, bro. I mean, you know, man, as entrepreneurs, we go through like a million emotions a week. You're right. I'm telling you, like, I'm rich. Damn. All right, yeah, I'm rich again. <laughs> bro, the emotions are crazy, bro. Some days you're on top of the world, and next to you, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, mama hits you in two months when I figure this out. Right? Yeah. And so, uh, I mean, that's, I think that's why we do it, man. We, we love that feeling. Um, and I think, like, I mean, I'm sure you can attest to this too. Like, one week that we go through is probably equivalent to somebody else, like three weeks for somebody else. Yeah, that's true. We really pack in like three days in one. Um, but you know, to refer back to your questions, like what keeps me motivated is, um, I stand by my why. Sure. So, so bad. It's just, um, you know, my family comes from nothing, bro. You know? And so my dad, his story is, um, it's a rags to riches story. Let's go. My story, I came at the end of, of the rags. And so I, you know, you, you, you know? tasted the porridge, but then you got there and got the opportunity right. to eat the finer things, right? Exactly. So you kind of exactly. got. And so I got, I got, I got it, I got it really good. Sure. 
And so my story isn't a rags for riches, but it's more so a story of mastering business. And so, you know, when I take a look and just find myself maybe in a position where I might be complaining or whining, I say like, I left my home. I'm not like an hour away from my parents. I can't just pull up on them. I left my friends, all that kind of stuff. I just tally up everything that I left behind. And I say, even the friends back home, they killed to have an opportunity just to step foot in America. I said, I'm here. I can't dare go back to see them and be the same person. Let's go. Got to respect that. Right. And so I'm kind of like a, what you would call uh, an improvement junkie. Sure. Self-improvement junkie. So I just want to make sure that every time I see you, like, I level up in some sense. And we're just going to start, we're just going to keep the cameras rolling here, but I'm going to start, you know, kind of free ball on this one. But with that, self-improvement is huge. I know that we spent a ton of money on self-improvement in the past year. It helped us 5X our income. What are some things that you're doing uh, to self-improve? So this is like a, a company policy that I have. Um, I'm not sure if I told you this before. I, I tell this to like very few people. Sure. But um, I'm like, you're getting it here first, folks. If you're, I mean, whether you're an employee, whether you're a partnership, whatever the case may be, like if we're doing like consistent business, I have like a requirement. Um, you have to read one self-improved book a month. Nice. And listen to one self-improvement audio a month. Like just something like what it doesn't have to be like, like for example, like my assistants, like you don't have to read books about assisting. <laughs> right <laughs> to be the best assistant no. right and so like i i like w you have your own dreams and aspirations i need you to hone in on that a little bit because at the end of the day like it you know there's gonna be a point in time where, you, where we where we part ways but when we part ways i don't ever want you to say oh yeah when i was with theo like it, it was capping me yeah right? You're gonna come out and say, wow, I've never learned this much before in my life. 100%. Right? And so because the company's also growing at such a high pace, you're gonna be experiencing like more demand, more work to do. And so because I'm already having you train your mind to accept those challenges, you're gonna find yourself in a position where like, oh yeah, this opportunity's here, I'm ready. Sure. So you're never gonna complain about more work because you're gonna get paid. 100%. So, I mean, we can completely relate. I always tell our team, like if someone's not doing well, they haven't been making sales in a while. I always encourage them actually to go get a part-time job because if they can't keep them, if they're not taking care of themselves properly, then they're no good to the organization, right? Yeah. Um, and more importantly to themselves, right? So, um, you know, going back to the self-improvement, like what are some of the books that maybe like one or two books that you would recommend to, you know, some of these starting entrepreneurs? Um, this one book, I think it's uh, The Power of Discipline. Okay. Um, it, Ryan Holiday might be like one of my favorite authors. Sure. Wow. I've never I've never read his book, so I'll have to take a look. Wow. Sheesh. When I'm telling you like, because when I was going through 75 hard, like my, my back. I remember that. Bro, my back was toast, bro. Like I'm telling you, I honestly thought I was gonna I was gonna be in a wheelchair. I went to like massage therapist, I went to car I went to a whole bunch of stuff. Sure. I was like, you know, I was listening to his book. Keep going. Uh, another book that's really good for him is Obstacle, Obstacle is the Way. So when you're scared of something, don't run away from it. You have to face it. And it's like we all know that. Sure. But like Easier said than done, right? Right. But like he provides you like historical facts, provides you like stories behind all of it. They <clears throat> dealt with this and that's how they were able to achieve this. 
so and so didn't do that. That's why he fell. You know, that's why they, they, they didn't become successful. So it's a beautiful story, different a bunch of stories, and using history and all that kind of stuff. Um, and also, I think, you know, I actually just remembered something. Um, there is something I did struggle in terms of as an entrepreneur. All right, here's the juicy yeah. stuff. Let's hear it. Here it is. Here it is. I think the biggest uh, struggle I had was uh, understanding leadership. Um, I'm very, you know, when you're running your own business, sure, it's just by yourself. At first. Yeah. Yeah. At first, it's all by yourself. You're doing all the work. So you're the one who has full control of the quality of the work. Correct. And so when it comes time to delegate because you're, you're, you're overworked, like the training that has to come with that, um, having the courage to trust someone to put their hands on what you love and care. Yep, it, your brand, it's definitely tough, right? Letting your, go of the, uh, yeah. the control. It's the, I mean, if we're in school, it's <clears> home, <throat> all right, that's your name on that's cool, but it's my name. Yep. And I'm dealing with people's money. And so if the work isn't adequate, then I could find myself, you know, getting bad reviews. I could find myself losing business. I could find myself just, I don't know. So that that's like my biggest fear. Sure. And so uh, I actually was reading leg- uh, books by, uh, what's the name, John? John Maxwell. Maxwell, yeah. Believe it or not, fun fact, John Maxwell, he touched me one time. No, <laughs> <laughs> nah, but all jokes aside, uh, it was incredible. We were at a door-to-door uh, sales conference and in which case, this is like the start of start of my entrepreneurial career, kind of going into the beginning of year two as we began to like start our own company. And it was the most incredible thing. He's basically talking on stage. You know, my wife Stephanie's right there with me and I'm just diligently writing notes, right? Like I'm like, oh my God, this is so much game. Like I'm now starting to, you know, run a team, so on and so forth. I've got to get all this, right? Yeah. Dude, he stops talking, he's done speaking, he's off the stage, and I'm still cramming, right? Like, I'm still getting the notes in. This guy literally walks off the stage. Keep in mind, I'm in the very back of the room, yeah. against the door right at the exit. He walks up to me and puts his hand on my shoulder like this, and I'm still so busy trying to get the information down on the paper that Stephanie nudges me and says, aren't you going to say hi? And I look up, and I'm like, whoa, right? And so I always joke around and think that like, you know, in that moment, like some of his greatness rubbed off on me. So let's hope so. We'll find out. Stay tuned. Mm -hmm. Um, But no, John Maxwell, phenomenal, phenomenal. Definitely has amazing books when it comes to leadership. And uh, I mean, what's one of the key things that you've learned from there that you'd want to share to our audience? I think one of the big things that you have to understand, like uh, your people and you have to put them like in their position. Sure. Right. And so when you put them in their position, like you, you can't treat everybody the same. So my, my problem is, you know what I mean, sometimes I, 2 in the morning, midnight, up working all the way to... Isn't that the best part of <laughs> entrepreneurship, though? I always make a joke and say, like, I became an entrepreneur to sleep in. Like, Stephanie knows, like, I cram in all of my work at nighttime. Like, anything that doesn't have to do with the customer, like, you can catch me doing that at, like, 11 p.m. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, for me, like, I'll, I'll start my day at midnight. Nice. I love so that. I'm start at 2 a.m. Love that. And so... Uh, because I'm always willing to go the extra mile, mm-hmm. I'm thinking everybody on my team is willing to go the extra mile. <laughs> Forgetting that they have lives, you know what I mean? Forgetting sure. that they have, uh, you know, families and things like that. So I'm like, you know, I have to respect their time. I have to also understand, like, you know, what motivates them isn't, like, the same, the same thing that motivates as you. me. Yeah. Right? And so of course. I got to find things like, what do you care about? Okay, let me go do that with you. You know what I mean? And so it's those are the things that, you know, I also have to help them 
see the vision. That is huge. That is so important. I think I forget what book it is, but they talk about how important it is to get your team to row in the right direction. Yeah. Right? If your team doesn't know where you're going, bro, you, you're not going to be able to make it. And so when I started just kind of like studying leadership and things like that, I realized like sure. the richest people, the wealthiest people, they aren't salesmen. We, we think it is as entrepreneurs, like, it's all about sales. Yeah. No. The richest people are the ones with influence, leaders. They speak, they move. Those are the world shakers. That's true. Think about it, Beyonce. Oh, um, I'm gonna have a show. Bro, the tickets are crazy. It's people's <laughs> tax <laughs> refunds. The yeah. world is moving. People wanna go to debt. People wanna take credit cards. That's a leader. <laughs> <laughs> What's the hype over Beyonce? Queen B. All hell Queen B. That's a leader. So it's yeah, like, that's true. So it's just like, it's one of those things, you know, great power comes with great, great responsibility. Tell me about it. And so that's just one thing. That's why I'd probably say, uh, you know, leadership is probably the biggest, biggest key just to kind of help us go from where we're at to honestly just a whole nother world. 100%. And so, you know, kind of bringing us to the end here, but like, where do you see yourself in the next 10 years? And is that like with a team, without a team, like, what do you think you're going to be doing? Um, I honestly, I don't even think about things like that, to be honest. Really? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I have friends who haven't even made it to like, you know, 30. I'm very fortunate just to be here. Yeah, so I agree. I take it day by day month by month, year by year. I think I'll be in a place where I'm happy. Sure, that's you a great know? answer. Um, because I'm continuously working on myself, continuously trying to get back to the community. Well, I'll say this, and for so, 30, you're doing, for, for under 30, you're doing phenomenal for yourself. There's yeah. not a lot of, um, you know, young men at our age that are able to even get relatively close to six figures in a month. So, dude, keep on crushing it, keep doing your thing, keep inspiring and shaking the room. Um, you know, just to kind of like shift gears a little bit. But I think what's incredible about us being like, you know, young black men and reaching the level of success that we have is that there was a young man that came into the room yesterday and he basically just spoke to my wife and mentioned like how incredibly like influenced he was by me and Mike Lee. And to see someone in his city that actually like was able to like break free of that tax bracket, if you will. Yeah. And so, dude, I mean, I'm sure that there are tons of people back home that you've inspired. And so I guess, you know, on the topic of like your why, like I thought about that this morning, but it's like at our age, like most people are not going to achieve what we've already achieved at a young age. Yeah. Right. And so, um, you know, on that why it's like part of the why has got to be for the community, right? Like mm -hmm. we're someone, we're someone's hero for sure. Absolutely, bro. And you know, there are times where, man, I'm, I said, bro, I'm tired, bro. I'm taking the week off. I don't feel like doing anything. Sure. And I'll just run to someone in the street from the street. Oh, yo, you're Mr. Write-Off. I'm like, oh, you're, aren't you up to this, right? Isn't that crazy? Like, you're the most random fan. You're like, I didn't even know you watched. Yeah, it's like, it's like oh. honestly, you're a big inspiration. This is not the third. So it's like, wow, I'm inspiring you? Yeah. Man, how can I take the day off? I got to go harder. I'm inspiring somebody. Sure, right? sure. Because, bro, it's not, it's, there's a point where I thought, like, what I'm doing right now, where I'm at right now, was impossible possible it was never remotely it 
just something that I see on TV. Sure. And so to be able to just kind of touch it and live it, that's God's grace. 100%. And so as Mr. Write-Off himself, we got to ask, what's the play of the day? The play of the day? (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you're running a business and you're making money, write down a list of all your personal things that you're spending money on. Your car, your gas, your insurance, your your mortgage or your rent. And uh, believe it or not, about 90% of that could be convert it to business expenses and you can write it off if you feel like going on a going on a birthday trip you can write it off if you feel like buying a rolex you can write it off Ooh. if you feel like you know treating, treating your wife and going out somewhere you can write it off but to find out how give me a call and i'll, sh- <laughs> and I'll give you the sauce <laughs> All right, Theo. Well, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you coming out. And uh, hopefully you can bless one of our stages again. Appreciate you. Thank you, brother. It's a pleasure to be here, man. Thank you. And we out. Oh, you know what's